Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sports Section, a podcast brought to you by the Rider News. My name is Carl Pascal. Join alongside me, as always, Dylan Manfrey and Jake Tiger. And we've got a lot to go over today, especially with uh, men and women's basketball. They've had a long stretch uh, of games over Thanksgiving break, uh, especially the men playing, well, as of Tuesday, uh, which would be the 30th, uh, as of yesterday, as when this is going out. Uh, the men will have played six games in 14 days, uh, which is which is ridiculous. But we'll get to that. So first off, we're going to start with women's basketball. So I'll let Dylan and Jake take it from here. Jake, I wanted to ask you too. What were yeah. what was your impression? What were your impressions from what you saw um, from this team yesterday in their 60 to six in their 63 to 60 loss against Columbia? I think that was overall the most complete game. You know, they've had this season, especially in this recent stretch since uh, last Saturday when they really got humiliated, to say the least, by uh, St. Francis, Brooklyn. So what did you see from their game yesterday against Columbia? And what were your interpretations of, you know, what Coach Milligan said to you after the game? Um, well, from this game specifically, it, it just seems like, especially with Lanasia in the starting lineup now, there's really a lack of depth on, on the team. Um, and, you know, you have your starting lineup pretty much doing everything and doing everything really well. Fireball with 26, uh, Schiffer with 15. Uh, and, and still, like, you know, they have those crazy, amazing games, like six for 12 from three. Like, you have to take advantage of that uh, from Fireball. And, you know, you still come up short the bench in total in total is nine points uh i don't know and it's not horrible but i personally would want a little bit more uh from the bench and uh the other thing from this game um when i talked to coach milligan she said that this team has a tendency to come out of the gate really hot in these games but uh whether it be fatigue or uh, lack of experience, uh, pressure. They've never really been able to close out these games. So uh, staff, they look uh, pretty good in, in these games, but they don't know how to close them out. And that's a big reason why they're 0-5 right now. Yeah, I think, I think honestly, I mean, you touched on it a little bit. Their guard depth was one of their biggest assets going into the season. They don't have that anymore. Against Lehigh, they only played nine active players, and that went down to eight against um, Columbia, too. Yeah. And, you know, especially with – you know, that went down to eight because Maya Hyacinth didn't play, and she hyperextended her knee. So, obviously, she's going to be out for a little bit. Those things aren't really that serious. So, she might be back um, by Wednesday. You know, you'll have a couple days of rest. But – I was really surprised to see how well this team played based on that 24 hour turnover. They, it was the first back-to-back they've had after, you know, two full weeks of game separation, really you play one game, you wait a week to play it one game, then you wait another week. And now you have a back-to-back 20 in 24 hours, but that's saying, I want, let's, Let's start it from the beginning with that St. Francis game. That was a really crappy game at, on all levels. You know, Milligan said it after the game, too. She took full responsibility for the loss. It was all on her. It starts from the top. That was really the quote that she said beginning the press conference. 
they weren't they weren't in sync at all. They couldn't hit a shot. This is that was a winnable game. Yeah. That was definitely a winnable game. And it was also the last game that Amanda Mobley and you know Maya were in the starting lineup for. Now, if this experiment works, which I believe that it will. I really like Lanasia in the starting lineup. I've been calling for her to start to be in the starting lineup since probably late last season because just Amanda just hasn't been able to get it done lately. She just hasn't. She, I know she was battling injuries last season. I'm not, you know, faulting her for the injuries whatsoever. They are just unfortunate and they're nagging and they're, that's just how they are. That's the nature of injuries, you know, but now she's fully healthy, but she just wasn't getting it done for this team. And maybe it was the last straw uh, for Coach Milligan to really realize that, hey, Lanasia Evans is uh, your point guard. Jessica Shipper also has that experience. I mean, she's new to Ryder, but she has two years at the Division One level after transferring from the University of Buffalo, where she led the team in three-point percentage. She brings a lot of expertise. She brings a lot of expertise to this team. And you saw yesterday, Jake, when she had like that 15-point performance against Lehigh, it was a little more of the same in the first half. You, you, it was a little more competitive. But that second half, you let up. And they lost by 25. I think, I think the Columbia game was a good culmination of it. Maybe it was the neat – maybe it was that final piece that they need. And maybe they'll get a win on Wednesday when they return home versus NJIT. To be determined – but we'll see. I think the pieces to the puzzle are there. And remember, last season, their first win was against NJIT. Maya Heisen had a 20-piece. But, again, to be determined if she'll play on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I, I agree. There's, like, there's a lot of talent on this team, and I, they, they fight really hard. Like They never lose uh, because of a lack of effort or anything. Uh, it, it's just tough. You know, like you have the players you have, and I don't know. I'm confident Milligan will get the most out of these players, but like you look at the Columbia game and the rebounding differential is just crazy. It's seven to twenty-three on the offensive rebounds, fifteen to twenty-six on defensive rebounds, and that I talked to Coach Milligan about that specifically after the game, and she said that there's only so much you can do about that because a lot of it is your size and uh, just being able to go up and get it. Um, yeah, and I mean, that's, that's, that could be a problem going of, forward, no matter what. Victoria Toomey, that's the, that's the job of Rafi Toussaint. That's, that, that's the job of Sophie Brunches, who isn't really playing all that much. It's a little wishy-washy about what the plan is for so Sophie Brunches, because, like, I know she's been injured, and I know she's been weird to play. I mean, she played a little bit firstly high, I think it was, but – um. Yeah, I was really, really confident in her abilities coming into college. I still think she's good. She, I still think she has a lot of potential. Her confidence just is just not there yet. But you know that takes time. Yeah. Um, I, did, I would even, I would, Dylan, before you add, before you go there, um, I would even add Anna Eckerstead into that conversation too, with with Toomey and and Brunches there as well. Even yeah. though she hasn't, at least to to the games I've seen, she didn't play too much. Um, no, Anna Eckerstead's more of a role player, but I wanted to get into that a little bit. 
you know, over this stretch, we've really seen a small ball lineup at some points. We've seen – there have been times when Anna Eckerson has played center. She's only like 6'2", 6'. She's only like 6'2". Not even. I, she, I want to say she's between like 5'11 or 6'2". Why don't I just pull up the roster? Yeah. She's 6'2", yeah. She's 6'2". I know Sophie Brunch is the tallest on the team at 6'4". But, yeah, so you had Eckerson as your center. And you had, at times, you had Emily Strunk playing your power forward position. Then you had Fireball as your three. You might have Schiffer as a two, Evans as a one. You might bring Mobley into the mix at as the point guard, shift up Evans to two. You're, you're keeping Fireball at three mainly. But think back to last season. Fireball was running point guard duties or two guard duties a little yeah. bit. You know, yeah. you had Hyacinth as your small forward. Yeah, the, the more you look at it, the size of this team, um, it just seems like a huge issue. The starting lineup, they're going with three guards, two forwards. Um, and, you know, you're starting, if anyone's your center, it's, it's Toomey in the starting lineup and, she had two rebounds the whole game. And then Eckerstadt on, off the bench only had one rebound. Like, that's that's yeah, just not I, good at all. And, like, when the team the team as a whole shoots, like, 42% from three, 45%, I think, uh, you need to win that game. Like, you, your starters were on fire. I've said it before. She needs help down low. She is not enough. It's not enough to just do it herself. Yeah. She has Rafi. But Rafi's more of the type of player to come in from the outside to do it. You need somebody down low there with you, like an Eckerson, like a Brunches, you know, like a maybe a Strunk, maybe. But you know, I'm not. I don't want to be too critical about Emily Strunk, and here's why. And Milligan explained it this way too. She's the only true freshman on this team. She's the only active freshman on this team. Maddie Johnson's a freshman, but she has a she has a knee injury that's likely keeping her out for this season. I see that brace. That and that brace on her leg means ACL. That's the brace you get when you either hurt your knee real bad or get some surgery. I've seen that before. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to put anything out there because I don't know the nature of her injury specifically, but that brace usually means one thing. Yeah. And it's highly unlikely we're seeing Maddie Johnson on the floor this season. Um, she'll probably be a medical redshirt, you know, going to next year. So call her a redshirt freshman, I guess. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Stone's work just working up her confidence. I like how she's I think that this is really a good time to integrate her into the lineup and use her a lot because you you're definitely gonna need her. When you play St. Peter's, when you play Maris, when you play Fairfield, you know, Quinnipiac, all those teams going down into Mac play, Canisius, Niagara, Manhattan, you're got you might put Emily, you might put Emily Strunk next to Courtney Worley at point at times. Let me know how that goes. Yeah. Courtney Worley's obviously the better player, but you might, I'm just saying that's a potential matchup we could see. 
Yeah, it's just tough because, you know, you're 100% right saying Tumi needs help down low, getting getting rebounds and just, you know, having a, a presence in the paint. But it, it very well could be that no one is able to step up and, and give her that help with uh, players either being too young, inexperienced, or just height, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's it's harder with size for obviously for the women. Um, like that stuff, it, that is hard to find. It is hard to find, um, and it's it's definitely harder to. I, I wouldn't say build that from like a scouting standpoint, or I guess a recruiting standpoint, not a scouting standpoint. But when you bring in a freshman like like strong who you can use in those different situations. It definitely helps. And especially like you said, Dylan integrating her now, um, especially when it comes time for Mac play and then eventually the Mac tournament, the team's definitely going to need her, especially with the injuries they face so far and the depth they lack. It's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely showing. The depth is, what is I'll gone. Say. The depth is gone. Like you got Molly Lynch out. You have my highest out potentially. Sophia DeMauro's out. Maddie Johnson, Teresa Wolak. Your guard depth is gone. It's been basically like, obliterated. You don't have any other options. You just you already moved Amanda out of the starting lineup. Your guards, your true guards, Jessica Schiffer, Amanda Mobley, Lanasia Evans. That's three. Now, you could shift. You could shift Michaela Fireball down a little bit. But here's the thing. Ryder usually goes with a three or four. Ryder might go with a three or four guard set. As opposed to like your traditional like two guards, two forwards, and a center. You know, rarely will they go. Rarely will they go two guards, three forwards. It's usually it's usually three guards, two forwards, four guards, four guards, or like a taller guard as like the fourth and a center. But your guard depth is gone. They don't have the options to do that. Yeah, they, they really don't. And like he, like you said, the the depth is just gone. It's 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 literally gone. It's been obliterated. Yeah, yeah. It, the main thing uh, that I, I just find kind of funny in a way, uh, the first three games of the season, your best player on on the whole team is is coming off of the bench, and then like, behind her, it's nothing, and then you plug her into the starting lineup, and like. It's, it's just rough, but some quick Lanasia appreciation because uh, I, I thought this stat was crazy. Um, so on the season, of course, she's averaging uh, 13.2 points and she's 50% from three, which is, which is crazy in its, in its own. But I want to point out that through five games in 148 minutes, she has one turnover. I thought that was crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah, just like, whoa. That's the most impressive part wow. for me. That's incredible. For a team that turned the ball over 15-plus times, I believe in, like, 
their first two games apiece, first maybe three. Wow. That's insane. Huh. That's a heck of a stat. Yeah, that's that's wow. the most impressive I mean, part. Everything I mean, she's done, that's got to be the, the craziest. I mean, me and Dylan were saying sixth women of the year. I mean, who knows what she does in the starting lineup like Not now. the MVP. I know, obviously, obviously, but oh, you can you can politely hand that to Lou Lopez Central right well, now. Well, you could you could definitely maybe through at least the first five games make a case for her to make an all Mac team. Oh, sure, she'll make for it sure, all yeah. She'll I definitely think, make one. I think she's I think she's a valid all Mac second team. Yeah. Oh I yeah, think she's a valid all Mac second team for sure. For sure. Um. Yeah, it, it definitely wouldn't surprise sure. me if she made it. Like through five games, one turnover in five games is absolutely ridiculous. One hundred forty-eight minutes, one turnover. That's that's an insane stat. All right, now we're going to shift over to men's basketball. Who has the most chaotic schedule of any team at Ryder? Uh, right don't even and get me started. They went to they went to the Cancun Challenge, and Carollo covered that for us. And there were a lot of interesting things going on against Bucknell. There were some interesting things going on against Buffalo when they got a much-needed win. Corolla, hit, hit us with it. Well, so the men have been a, on a very long road trip that is still going on. Um, as of, well, after the, the day of the podcast, uh, the day this episode comes out, uh, the team will have just played uh, Ole Miss the day before on Tuesday on the 30th. Um and that'll be six games, like I said earlier, six games in 14 days, which is ridiculous, uh, to say the least. But like you mentioned, Dylan, the Cancun Challenge was was a big thing for the team that happened over over Thanksgiving break. But before that, they went and played uh, Bucknell um, over in uh, over in PA in Lewisburg, and that started the the road trip. And that game, they ended up losing 81 to 74. However, Dwight Murray Jr. with a career night uh, in that game, having a double-double with 30 points, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous, and 13 rebounds to go with it, which fantastic night from Murray. But but the Bronx just couldn't pull off the win. They couldn't do it. They went into, into the second half at the end of the first half. Um, the Bronx were up by two, and then the second half killed them. Uh, Bucknell scored 48 in the second half alone, uh, to Riders 39 and Dwight did all the scoring essentially for, for the Bronx. Although Nehemiah Benson had a career night as well, eight points, um, in 20 minutes, the most he's ever played for the Bronx and Dwight and Nehemiah both looked great. Um, although one thing that's been a struggle so far this season is the fouls. That's been a huge issue so far for the team. And in the game against Bucknell, uh, Nehemiah Benson fouled out. Mervyn James fouled out. Um, and I think there was one other player that fouled out as well. Um, I think Ajiri fell, fouled out. Uh, Ajiri Ogimuno Jr. fouled out. Or, or Ogimuno Johnson uh, fouled out in that game as well. Um, and one stat line that was really, really interesting was that Demencio Vaughn was held scoreless in a game for Ryder for the first time since his freshman year. Since 2016, Dementia was held scoreless in a game for Ryder. That was like, he's like, 
fourth or fifth game? It, since his first and fourth games for Ryder, since, which was in his freshman year in 2016, this is the first time he's ever been held scoreless since then. Bro, 2016 feels like an eternity ago. Like, 2016 was Demento's freshman year. I was in, like, a sophomore in high school. Yeah. Like, like it, damn. it's insane. Demento's been here a long time. It's been a long time. Um, but this game was just – the first half looked great, and then the second half it just fell apart, which seems to be – a recurring theme throughout this season. And like I mentioned, the foul trouble, both Mervyn James, uh, Mervyn James only played 15 minutes before fouling out and Ajiri only played 14 before fouling out. Um, although, like I said, Benson with a career night, um, as well as, as well as, as well as Dwight Murray Jr. It, they just couldn't pull through. Also, just to mention it, Dwight played 39 minutes 39 minutes. He basically played the whole game. It, one minute shy of, of a whole 20 minutes. Or a whole 40 minutes, excuse me. That It's ridiculous. That's insane. You shouldn't need to play him that much to, to not even win the game. What was the one minute? I think it was the last minute in the of the game. I think it was the last minute. And this team is supposed to have guard depth, if anything. Yeah. This team is definitely supposed to have guard depth. And uh, one, one, I'll just point it out because they haven't really done much so far this season. Alan Powell, Cedric Altman. And I'll throw in, I'll even throw in Corey McKeithen in there too because they haven't really shown it. The guard depth is supposed to be there, but it hasn't shown up. It's, it's really hurting the team and they're, they're not getting a full 40 minutes from everybody. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and head coach Kevin Baggett really stressed that after this game and after a couple of, of the other games, which I'll talk about in the second, in, in, in a second, that they haven't gotten a full 40 minutes of, of complete play from anybody yet. And it, it's really been a struggle to get it, which is so strange for this team, which has a lot of heart and always plays to the best of their ability, but they just can't seem to to finish games, which is so weird. It's so strange. But moving on from the game against Bucknell into the Cancun Challenge, they they went up first against Buffalo, who is the uh, the MAC, the MAC. Uh, the Metro, uh, no, the mid, the mid American conference, uh, favorites. And, um, they, they essentially dominated Ryder, um, 87 to 65, the worst loss of the season for the Bronx. Um, McKeithen led the team in points with 13. It was a rough game to say the least. It was a, it was a very rough game at one point. Um, at one point Buffalo led by 29, Late in the second, uh, late in the second half, which is the most that the Bronx have ever been down by this season, um, and it wasn't good. I mean, the, the, this game saw eleven players uh, get into the action. Uh, R.J. Weiss getting in uh, for his season debut uh, in this game, but uh, one player who didn't actually get to play. Oh well, no, Ajiri played in this game. I'll talk about what happened with Ajiri in a minute. 
with the rest of the Cancun Challenge because this game, despite being part of the Cancun Challenge, was in Buffalo, which seemed a bit strange. But regardless of it, it, it wasn't a good game for the Bronx, to say the least. It, it wasn't good. Uh, but moving on from, from the game against Buffalo, uh, this was actually the, the Bronx's first time they've had back-to-back losses, two losses in a row so far this season. And then after that game, they traveled all the way down to Mexico, um, down to uh, down to Riviera Maya in Mexico for the Cancun Challenge where they were playing. Um, and uh, Ajiri couldn't play in the games because he had a visa issue, which I, I don't know exactly what the issue was or how it happened, but for some reason, Ajiri wasn't able to play in this game and their, uh, their next, uh, their final game in the Cancun challenge. But this game was better, was better for the Bronx. But again, second half killed them going into the, uh, at the end of the first half, the Bronx were up 33, 24 looked great. They had a great, uh, momentum swing, um, at the end of the first half or towards the, uh, towards the end of the first half where they went on a 31 to 11 run, um, which was huge, uh, and gave the Bronx a, a big lead at the end of the first half, but then they collapsed in the second again. And both Demencio and Dwight had 13 points. Benson had 10, um, most, and, and having another career game point wise, but, it, it just wasn't good in the second half again. They couldn't close out the game, which that's, like I said, they, they, can't, they can't seem to close out a game. And uh, a quote from, from Coach Baggett was, I'm trying to find 40 consistent minutes from start to finish. That tells the whole story right there. They can't find a way to close out games. And I, I can't seem to figure out why, whether it's the foul trouble or not having the depth or not having uh, whatever, el- whatever else they need to try and get past uh, looking flat in the second half or coming out slow in the second half. They need to, uh, they need to find a way to, to fix it. Yeah, but- I, th- I think the, the fouling out, if, if I had to pick one reason for this, this lack of uh, just intensity and in- ability in the fourth quarter I think it has to be the the foul trouble like Mervyn James and and Ajiri are just fouling out way more than they should be like this team already has some issues uh, in the the front court with Bladen being out the whole year and then on top of that if you have like you have a, a lineup that you ideally want to close the game with but when Mervyn James and Ajiri both foul out then you're plugging in these in- inconsistent match players in crunch time. And I, I can't see how you, uh, maybe you get lucky and win one game, but I, I can't see how you win games like that against decent competition. Well, they, I, I a hundred percent agree with you there. I mean, I honestly wouldn't call Nehemiah Benson inconsistent. If, if anything, he's been one of the most consistent players off the, uh, most consistent players off the bench. Um, he has looked, he has looked, very good off the bench for the Bronx. Um, maybe not scoring wise, obviously he only 
he doesn't score that much, but he looks good defensively. He he looks good, uh, just good as a player who would come off the bench for the Bronx. Um, and that that played a little bit of a factor um, in the final game of the Cancun tournament or Cancun challenge when the Bronx actually won a game. Uh, they they broke a three game losing skid, uh, winning over Bucknell this time instead of losing to them. And this was actually the first game of the year, or uh, no, the second game of the year that the Bronx have trailed at the end of the first half. I mean, Bucknell was up by five at the end of the first half, 44-39, but Ryder had a huge second half scoring 46, uh, which is a huge turnaround, and played a complete game, a complete game for the first time all season. This was their first game that I really thought that they had played a complete 40 minutes. This was the first one. And part of that was Mervyn James. He had a huge, huge night, a career night, 23 points for Mervyn James, huge breakout night. In 21 minutes. In 21. Yeah, exactly. I was about to make that point. And <laughs> with, with 23 points in 21 minutes of play, fantastic night. Fantastic night. And when when discussing his play, uh, James's play, ba- Coach Bags basically said that that the team knew that he had it in him, and that like whatever he does, whether it was like diving for a loose ball or blocking out, they needed to block out harder, and he did that. Um, and that the team was looking for him inside. And especially without Ajiri and without Bladen, who's out for the whole year, they're still adjusting to have Mervin in there um, and only having not not that many big men. Like both both James and Dementio are are technically undersized for their for their position, and Bag and Coach Baggett basically said that. This was the Mervin they were hoping to get. And he had finally arrived for the team. And he looked great. He looked fantastic in this game. He was all over the place. All over the place. And despite that, despite that, James fouled out again. Despite having 23 points in 21 minutes, he fouled out for the fourth time this season. Which is not good. Even though you're the team's leading point, you're the, you're the leading scorer on the team, and you help your team win the game, you foul out for a fourth time this season. Fourth time in seven awful. games. That's actually awful. Yeah, that's terrible. You just need to play better, smarter defense at that point. That's not anything it's, else. It's dumb fouls. Yeah, it's dumb fouls, and that's what's really hurting the team. And it's been a it's been a big issue, and. That leads all the way up until uh, the game against South Carolina, where the team just barely lost. Just barely. Ryder actually went into the first half beating South Carolina 28-25. to Like, that's great for them to be going up a team, an SEC team like South Carolina, and going into halftime with a lead. I don't think anyone expected that. Like, maybe the guy, maybe, maybe Coach Baggett did, but, and some of the guys on the team, but who, what can they really say about that? Like, 
playing a team like uh, playing a team like South Carolina, uh, who's an uh, an SEC competitor, like honestly, the Bronx were not meant to win this game, even though they almost did. Dwight had 15 points. Who who played the full 40 minutes? Might I add? Which what wow. which is just insane. Yeah. On its own, he's played so many minutes over the past over the past six games or will be six games. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and I mean, in, in the second half, the same thing happened again. The Bronx couldn't finish. In the second half, uh, there was a huge run by South Carolina that went 24 to six, which is ridiculous. It's a huge, huge run for, for South Carolina. And that basically ended the Bronx's game. That basically ended it right there. I just want to point something out in this game. If that's all right, go ahead. Um, Go for it. Mervin James, like, he fouled out again in this game, but he fouled out in 14 minutes. Like, is that in the first half? Like, did he foul out in the first half of this game? Um, I don't know. He did not. He played, I think he had in the first, I'm pretty sure in the first half, he had three fouls on its own, on his own. Wow. Um, I, and then, uh, uh, coach Baggett took him out. Right. And then, um, I think, and then I think he put him back in in the second and played a little bit more. Wow. See, like coming off of that game before against um, Bucknell, when he, he scored 23 points in 21 minutes before he fouled out in that game, like he couldn't even be a factor in this game. He didn't even give himself a chance. Like he was two for five, one for one from three. Like that's, that's great. But he couldn't contribute any more than that because he kept putting himself in foul trouble. If they have him down the stretch, they win this game. Honestly, I think you're right. And especially with, with a jury fouling out at well, uh, as well with five, with like just over five and a half minutes to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, uh, not with five and a half minutes to go five and a half minutes through in the, in the second half. So 15 minutes left to go in the game. And then uh, Nehemiah Benson had four fouls as well. Yeah. That that all adds up to why the Bronx lost, right? And and not even like you know you f- these players foul out and get into foul trouble and you can't play them and that hurts your rotations. But it it also obviously is just giving the other team free points. It's such a huge net negative. It it just I don't know. It's, something needs to be done about that. Yeah, and and coach coach Baggett has talked about it how. The fouls need to stop. The fouls need to stop. Um, and they, they just haven't been able to close, close, close out games. Both Mervin and Ajiri have to stay on the court. Demencio has to stay out of foul trouble as well. He had three in this game. Niamai needs to stay out of foul trouble. And there's been too many breakdowns. Like, when uh, defensively, you're getting beat up, especially foul-wise, you need to make sure that that doesn't happen. It, the team needs to make sure that they don't foul and they don't allow second shot opportunities, which has been killing the Bronx. Um, it's really been, that's been a problem as well as on top of the fouls already. But 
it's been it's been a rough couple of games for the Bronx. Um, it has not been a great stretch so far. Only one win in five games uh, over this last stretch. And now they look forward to seeing Ole Miss on Tuesday, um, which is technically Dementio's alma mater, even though he didn't really play too much last season when he was there. But I'm expecting... I mean, technically, technically it is. I thought it's like only when you graduate. What'd you say? I thought that was like only like when you graduate. Like, oh, like the touch in high school is my alma mater. I guess. Shout out Matuch. I, I guess I'll I guess I'll just say his former oh, school. Dogs. I guess I'll just say his former school, because that's that's what it is. Um I I I expect I expect Demencio to have a big game against Old Miss. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's another SEC opponent, one of the top SEC uh, teams. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Um, the Bronx just really need to stay out of foul trouble. And if they can get more production from their bench and stay out of foul trouble, they might have a shot. They might have a shot at 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 least competing against Ole Miss, maybe not winning because that's a, that's a big ask for a team that, that didn't beat South Carolina, but it would be an upset the size of Iona against Alabama. If Ryder beat Ole Miss. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, I mean, it, Iona Alabama wasn't upset, but Iona is also ridiculous. Yeah. Like they're going to run the away number with 10 team in the nation. Yeah. That's an upset. Team. And I'm going to say it right now. Iona's going to run away with the Mac. That's just my call. Oh, of course. Um, I think a lot of people are saying the same thing. But the only real team I see competing with them is maybe Mammoth. Um, or at least don't sleep on Mammoth because they are good as well. But Iona is, is the top right now. And Ryder actually will face them first for their first Mac play game of the year, uh, which is this Friday. Um, and that's at Iona, which is not going to be fun for the Bronx. It's definitely going to be a huge challenge. Um, but regardless, coming down to the end of a, of a seven game, a seven game road trip here for the Bronx, it, it hasn't been great so far, but either way, that's going to wrap it up for the podcast here today. Myself and Carl Pascal joined alongside me as always, Dylan Manfrey and Jake Tiger. Have a good one, everybody. And we'll see you next episode.